There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. You equals you. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Yo, what's good? What's happening, Rush Nation? Welcome to episode 75, three quarters of a century, Ash. We've made it. Welcome back, buddy. You're not feeling the best, but you're back from your Middle Earth hiatus again. You can, you can be able to write your own Hobbit story soon. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, I got a bit of a cough and a runny nose, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah, back on back on the scene this week, though, which is good. I did tune in on the train last week, and it was a it was an enjoyable pod, despite me trying to disrupt it as much as I could. No, no, Jake and I appreciated the the. Uh, I guess what were you trying to do? The, the be uh, there, but be there, but not be there. Should we yeah. say something along those lines? But we know we appreciate you tuning in. Hopefully, it made your train journey a little bit better. Rush Nation, if you are Ash and I talked about the problems with Streamyard on Twitter. Thought it was uh, good, but apparently it's not. So if you are if you were out there and you were watching somehow, if you could give this link a little tweet, that would be hugely appreciated. If not, you'll catch the video a little bit later on in life. Ash, we've made it to Conference Championship Week. Yeah, Absolute belter of rivalry weekend. We must point out and say, I'm surprised you haven't got the new fanfare out. You have moved to being a Cincinnati fan from the Ohio State Buckeyes because <laughs> you just messaged me. You messaged me Saturday and said, I don't want to record Wednesday. I'm not talking about it. And I feel I did you a service by not bringing up the damage that was done, if, if I'm being brutally honest. 
Yeah, it didn't take it didn't take long, did it? Well, we <laughs> two minutes into the podcast. No, I mean, we, yeah, we should probably talk about it. It wasn't the. Uh, I mean, to be fair, it was a good game. It's the it's the one game I watched this weekend. Unsurprisingly, Ohio versus Michigan, and it was a good game for the neutrals and, and of course for the Michigan fans. But they played their games. That Michigan played the game so well. Their defense came out. Obviously, it's a it's a new defense this year with a new defensive coordinator. I can't remember what. I can't remember off the top of my head what his name is, but they played us so well on the defensive side of it and then ran the ball and, and just ran us ragged. Um, Haskins, what, school record five five Russian touchdowns on the day? Yeah, they, they, yeah, they, Michigan, you've got to give all the credit to them. They were phenomenal on the day and completely shut us down, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, the game plan was set out when, when Oregon came to the horseshoe and, and set out a game plan running against the Ohio State defense. They they absolutely pounded the rock. And then the, the way Michigan are playing, like Jim Harbaugh's old Stanford teams, they did exactly that. And as you say, Hassan Haskins just smashed the ball home. And I, I don't think it would have been five had for the, the pass interference call down at the end zone on, on number four or five. I can't remember what went, which one it was, but there was a big call and uh, it, it got close and has. I mean, the offense, the West, Michigan offensive line just pushed Ohio State's defensive line around all game. Yeah. All game. And- yeah, they did. And uh, we didn't help ourselves either. I think we gave up 10 penalties on the day. And, and like you say, come up some of those in key areas that, that, that led to more touchdowns. And yeah, it was a, uh, it wasn't that. To be fair, I mean, the, the offense, the, the Ohio offense only put up 26, 26 points, 27 points, sorry. But, Stroud still had a, a relatively good good game yeah. himself personally, and we tried to keep it competitive. But I think the second half in particular, but they just sort of dominated us really. And fourth quarter, we we tried to get a comeback, but we just we didn't have many answers. Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive end for Michigan, who's one of the high, highly rated guys coming into twenty twenty two draft, done his stock a world of favors. I think he broke the single season record of sacks with. I think he's on 13 for the year now, but he got three sacks on the day, and he was in, he was in the backfield all day. Uh, he just wow. had his, he had his way with with Stroud at, at times, and our offensive line didn't have any answers. And as you say, the Michigan offensive line caused our front seven all sorts of problems. So yeah, yeah. Is, and they're they're blessed at pass rush because is it David and Jigbo as well? They got on the other side to Aiden Hutchinson. So it's not mm. as even if you have one person to focus on, it's no, exactly. It, and oh, we haven't got that elite defensive head on the other side on a higher side with a Chase Young or a so forth a Bosa there just there isn't anybody this year that has stepped into that gap and with the way Michigan Michigan's offensive line were playing they absolutely dominated like you say but I, I mean it's is is that the end of Ohio State's playoff chances now do we think is there a chance they could get back in or is that uh, I would say no probably not because they're not in the Big Ten title matchup this weekend spoiler alert um <laughs> And they're, they're, even if Michigan lose to uh, Iowa, I think it is. There's there's other teams around that are just on the outside looking in. Like we'll get to the the playoff rankings in a bit, but there's other teams that have still got the title games to come. And I think that one of those teams, if not the, the four that are already in there, um, but there are some massive matchups in this title in on in this conference title weekend that I think the the rankings are not set in stone yet, but it's very, very unlikely that that Ohio are going to be able to get in now, I think, regardless of, of what happens. Yeah, like you say, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but 
it's uh, the slate as you look at it for for championship weekend is unbelievable there's some huge matchups which is going to be it's going to be sick george's yeah. already said he's going to get up for the oregon utah game which is you know props to the pac 12 and pac 12 after dark eh? that's it's a constant yeah. in george's life but let's so in ours okay let's do some transfer corner news ash fresno state's quarterback jake hayner has announced his entry into the portal according to reports hayner only has one year of eligibility left but he will have to petition with the ncaa to be granted immediate eligibility to play in 22. First off, Ash, for those who don't know, what does it mean to be petitioning to, to for eligibility? Because some might think like in the NFL, if you swap teams, you're immediately eligible to play. And then secondly, is this Jake Hayner? What, what do we think we'll see from him in his final year? Yeah, so the the petitioning, essentially there's there's rules in place. It's been a bit more relaxed over the last couple of seasons because of obviously COVID and sure. trying to just relax the transfer portal movements as a whole uh, but essentially you need to get approval from the NCAA to be able to play straight away there's been many occasions I think Hayner himself actually when he transferred originally from Washington to Fresno State had to sit out a year more often than not when players transfer they will they have to they have to sit out a year essentially I'm not 100% sure on the background of why that is I think it's for fairness of the other players that are already in the program or I'm not but I'm not 100% sure on the reasons why but as I say it's been a bit more relaxed in the last couple of years and I would say we're probably going to see a layover from this season just because of still what's going on in America and obviously in the UK with COVID that more off more than likely most people who are transferring will be will be granted eligibility hopefully yeah. as as you say Hayner is one of those he's got one year left because and and it depends on how they look at it because the, I mean, there's, there's reports that he's going, he's going to go back to Washington. That's the, that's what I'm hearing in the last few hours that that is going to be the most likely destination for him. So that's going to be an interesting decision if he does go back there. Um, but I, I would be very surprised to see him not on the field next year. And I mean, if he isn't granted eligibility, hopefully he finds out quickly enough because he then still has time to declare um, for the draft. He'll be draft eligible, not, I don't think he's going to be very enticing to many NFL programs, but if he's going to have to sit out a year and then that's it, it's senior year done and no more, no more playing college football, it, it makes sense to, to to try yourself out in the draft. Exactly, you don't want to be wasting that year when when you could be earning some potential money, even on practice squad, rather than just sitting there on a a college team's team sheet, being able not being able to play. So, I, we'll, let's move on. Jameer Gibbs, Georgia Tech's running back, has announced he's going to enter the portal as well. Gibbs mm. finished the regular season as the third running back in, well, just third in the nation in all-purpose yards. So, big-time player leaving Georgia Tech. They did have a down season. I've been royally thumped the last couple of weeks. But this is big news for Georgia Tech loss and perhaps Jameer Gibbs' game. Yeah, definitely. Massive talent, Gibbs. He's one of the one of the highly rated running backs in the country at, at such a young age. He's technically still in his freshman year because, obviously, again, going back to COVID, everyone was given an extra year of eligibility. So this, in, this technically, despite playing half a dozen games last year, he's still in his freshman year. So well into well, well early into his college career and massive potential and already one of the top running backs in the country. Huge loss to this Georgia Tech team. This is their key on the offense. And he's decided he uh, he wants to try somewhere else. And I can imagine there's going to be a lot of people knocking at knocking at his door, trying to get him in um, into their programs. Because, yeah, big time talent and 
lot of potential for the future as well. It's, it's already a guy to watch out for. And those that are invested in fantasy football, in, in Devi football and campus to Canton leagues, this is a guy that's on everybody's radar, that's already a highly touted player from that point of view. So that just gives you an understanding of the potential that's there already uh, at such, such an early stage of his career. I think this year he... I think this year from from scrimmage it's just over 1200 yards I believe he finished on and already in his career he's he's just shy just essentially a year and a half of playing for Georgia Tech he's just under 2000 all purpose yards so wow. talent on both sides of the um, on on both rushing and, and and receiving and that's something that you love to see from a running back Absolutely I mean I don't know whether he's been picked up in our in my side of the Devi leagues I'm not sure if he hasn't then Thank you very much, Ash. He's going to, and I won't be able to say. <laughs> be very, be very surprised if he hasn't done. To be fair. Okay, okay, that's fair. I mean, it, it was very much quarterback heavy to start with. Oh, um, maybe done. But, but 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 we could. This could be a sort of Kenneth Walker moment where he leaves Wake Forest, heads to Michigan State, has an absolute well Heisman contention year up until what last week or so, and then it's it didn't seem to affect either team. Whereas Waker. Having a stellar year, one of their best years ever. We saw what Kenneth Walker could do behind that Michigan Spartans offensive line. Georgia Tech, however, as you mentioned, this is probably their key piece. So they might not get better from this loss. But Jameer mm. Gibbs, he could land himself on a really good spot with some of the running backs leaving this year. And who knows? This uh, the portal is going to be it's going to be fun. And I think with the coaching changes we were about to chat about in a little bit, there could be some decommits and recommits to places that perhaps are going to liven up these 2022-23 rooms. So we're, we're talking about the last player on our transfer corner to enter the portal, and that is Spencer Rattler. It was hugely anticipated. It wasn't really a surprise. He's had an up and down year, and the twist at the end of this year's tale is he's announced he's going to be entering the portal. It looks like Rattler will be spending a final year in school rather than declare, as we all expected him to do at the start of this year. His draft stock for 2022 was pretty poor. He's going to look to revive that in 2023 by moving school. I, I just feel like Arizona State replacing Jalen Daniels is is my... He's from Arizona. That's what yeah. I think is going to happen. But I, I could, with the Arizona, you know, what's going on in the back office there and the allegations and stuff, who knows what's going to happen. But do you, have you got any sort of feeling as to where Spencer Atman might end up, Ash? I think he's still going to be a highly touted prospect despite the year he's had. There, there's there's sure. definitely something there. We've seen it last season as, as a freshman and there's there's a lot of like much like the running backs leaving this year, there's a lot of um there's a lot of quarterbacks leaving the scene. I think Arizona State is a good is a good shout, as you say, because of obviously him being from Arizona. I think you could probably include Arizona Wildcats in there. They're not the most um they're not the most enticing team, but again, it's his home state and He's coming off of a down year, heading into a program that are really in the in the mud bottom of the pack, and I think maybe a surprise, maybe not a surprise, but one for consideration is someone like Ole Miss. Obviously, they're going to be losing Matt Corral this year to the draft, and they're going to want a big time quarterback. And I don't think they've got one there. I think their backup is Altmaier. Altmaier, I think his name is. Right. Um, but he's not really had an opportunity because of Corral. And when he has done, he's not really shown much. But yeah, I don't know. I think Ole Miss could be a, a potential, uh, could be a, a, a real big potential. And 
there's a lot of other teams out there that are going to be losing quarterbacks as well that don't have a, a, a someone there ready to take over. So I think there's a few few different scenarios that could play out with uh, with Rattler. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about the importance of, especially now in the COVID year and stuff, of having that backup quarterback who is serviceable. You can't be relying on one guy. And I think Arizona is also a good shout, Ash, because yes, you said they're bottom of the pack and have had a down year, but they have fought every game they've played in. They've fought and they've played fairly well. It's not as if they've given up like some of the other teams that we see at the end of the season. Arizona have fought every week and perhaps by installing somebody like Spencer Rattler, who might improve the rest of the squad, I'm not going to say they're going to be championship contenders next year, but they may have a much better season by gaining somebody with Spencer Rattler's experience and, and hometown knowledge, perhaps. I don't know. Just uh, we... Tennessee as well is, is another one that could potentially oh, Hendon be Hooker. interested. Hendon Hooker. He's going to be a steal in the NFL draft. Yeah, but again, they, they don't really have anyone there ready to take his place. And, and t- to be fair, Tennessee's roster now since the all the issues they were having last season like in the off season they look like a much better outfit and yeah it could be another destination for rattler a, a quarterback who is essentially ready to step in if he can get up to speed with the playbook and i say i think this has just been a, a it's just been a strange year for him so what, i think wherever you... he lands is that i think there'll be an improvement i don't know if it's going to yeah. be a big enough improvement as to what we were expecting from rattler this season but I do see a step up from him regardless of where he lands. Absolutely. So what you're saying, Ash, is that Joe Milton isn't the man to take over at Tennessee. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say so, no. <laughs> okay, we might as well stay in Oklahoma. There's been some huge coaching news. If you, The only reason you have missed any of this is if you are stuck in Bermuda with no signal whatsoever because every single sporting outlet has pumped out information on these three hires. We might as well stay in Oklahoma I think this was the first one to drop, Ash. Lincoln Riley Riley announced that he is leaving Oklahoma and is going to be the new head coach of USC. It, it was surprising because we never associated these two together. And then in a press conference, as I'm sure everybody has seen, he was asked if he was going to be the next head coach of LSU and, and basically said, let me stop you there. I am not going to be the next head coach of LSU. And whether that was because he already knew he was the head coach of USC or not, or was just playing with the with with the media, we, we won't know. But massive news for Oklahoma, and we've already seen the glut of players decommitting from that from that franchise. Yeah, I was very surprised at this, to be honest with you. I, I we, we mentioned it a few weeks ago when the LSU new, LSU news first came out that. I didn't see anything but the NFL for him in whether that was this year or, or or in a couple of years time. I mean, I think he's two he was two year two years into a six year contract with Oklahoma and yeah, massive. I mean, this was a massive shock for me. And I I understand the move because I think as he said, the 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 roster that's there has got the basis of a, a winning team. The recruitment process there, he, he clearly thinks is is much better than than what's at Oklahoma and yeah it's, it, it's a it's an odd move but I think it's a lateral move in many aspects maybe even to, to to start with a down step because of the the way Oklahoma have been up until this year um have been one of the powerhouses of their conference and and, and USC are also on a down year so 
yeah, a strange move, but I think we'll probably look back at this in, in two or three years' time and go, wow, what a, what an incredible decision he made. And he's already come out and said he's going to make USC the mecca of college football. So <laughs> he's got big plans. He's, he's, a, he's a very confident coach. And there's a reason that he's already been touted as a, a, a potential, a future NFL coach and one of the top coaches in the country. And, and I expect good, big things from him at USC, but it's still just, yeah, incredibly surprising. Do you think this is part to do with the fact that they will be leaving the Big 12 and joining the SEC and perhaps Oklahoma won't be one of the big fish there? He thinks this is a really good time to jump ship. Yeah, potentially that could be in the back of his mind in, the, in that decision. He's going to he's going to a conference that this this USC team should be one of the uh, one of the top teams regardless. And Oklahoma, as you say, could be. Well, they will be moving into the SEC, into a, a conference that's hyper competitive, and it remains to be seen how they, how competitive they will be when they hit that, uh, when they, when they hit the SEC. So, yeah, he could be potentially saving himself a bit there, and again, maybe Iron, Iron already his his future in the NFL as USC being a stepping stone from there. Look at what I did at Oklahoma, and now look what I've done at USC with a program that was essentially on a downward trend. I brought him back up and, and and done all this and yeah I think maybe he's he's decided to get out before before it gets tough and potentially affects his own stock and and if he can create that monster at USC from this position it only does his NFL hiring the world of good I mean look what I did at Oklahoma look what I then did at USC it's almost yeah. a can't miss hire at that point yeah exactly definitely Right, Florida have also filled their head coaching position by hiring Louisiana's Billy Napier as their next head coach. Napier will still coach the Raging Cajuns for their Sun Belt Championship game on Saturday before moving to Florida. So Billy Napier isn't doing the dirty that Lincoln Riley is and Oklahoma are coming back to Bill Stoops? Uh, yes, Bill Stoops is taking charge of the um, final Oklahoma game, yeah. Yeah, of their bowl game. Uh, yeah. This... Was this a surprise, Ash? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I haven't really been keeping up to date with with the Florida head coaching search since Mullins went. To be honest with you, but I'm not really too surprised that Napier is the one who's who's been picked. He's again another assistant coach of um, Nick Saban, and he's a he's um. I think he's worked with a few of the big guys, but obviously Nick Saban's the one. So it's another one of those. Step step ups for them, and this is his first Power Five head coaching job. And he did a great job at Louisiana. He had a he had a really impressive record, and and he's made them one of the most competitive group of five mm. teams. So it shouldn't really be that much of a surprise to see him take this step up. And uh, I, Florida is an interesting challenge again. Um, they they've had a down year. I think what are they six and six or or something like that on the year. It's been a really Hence why yeah. Mullins is now gone, but it's been a really up and down year for them. And yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't hate the move for either party. I think Florida have picked up one of the best non-power five head coaches, and and Napier is going to a still essentially a powerhouse SEC team despite having the issues that they've had. You look at Florida as one of those top teams, and recruits look at Florida as one of those top teams. So it should be a, it should be a good move for both. Somebody who may have been in line for one of these jobs we'll talk about the lsu hire in a second was um matt is it matt finkel at cincinnati yeah 
he, yeah. he, he was obviously his name was touted about when these games these uh, these jobs all became open. But obviously, he's whether he said no or was never approached and has chosen to stay with Cincinnati throughout the rest of this season. Do you think he is happy at Cincy, or do you think he's maybe missed out here because of the timing of all three of these hires? Luke Fickle, yeah, Luke I think, Fickle. yeah, yeah. I I think it's maybe a bit of both. I think he he's probably more than happy at what at what he's doing at, at Cincinnati and staying with them and, and potentially hopefully getting to the playoffs and, and, and leading a group of five team to the playoffs will be a massive achievement. And then he may potentially be waiting for a different opportunity, whether that's in the NFL or whether there's a particular team that he, he wants to manage in college that isn't necessarily available. We could look at this in two weeks time and he could be the Oklahoma coach. Oklahoma is still a big job for, for someone to take on regardless yeah. of, of, who's leaving and and all the decommits that they've been getting it's still a massive massive program so uh, yeah I, I think he's made I would I would have been incredibly surprised more so than I, I would have been more surprised than Riley moving to USC to see um see Fickle move from Cincinnati this season I think maybe in the off season if he achieves what he wants to achieve he could be he could be on the move but uh, yeah I, I I I don't think it was ever in his mind to, to leave at this stage Speaking of another job that's going to be open, Ash, that's Notre Dame because uh, their boy Brian Kelly is, is heading out the door. He's, yeah. he's in, a, in a shock move. He's heading over to LSU. They, they've announced that Brian Kelly is going to be their new head coach, signing a 10-year, $95 million contract whilst paying Notre Dame $5 million buyout. This, yeah. this was a... I've not dived into this yet, Ash, but from the chat on the group, on our group, staff group chat, this was a bit of a, a shocker. Yeah, definitely. I think just I think Kelly Kelly as a character has always had the uh has always had a lot of things going around about him and the way he well, I mean, I think this is the second or third program that he's literally walked out the door without telling his without telling his players. They found out through the media and then they think he sent a tweet out and it was like a two minute video called to to, to the team to say that he'd gone and he has gone. It's it done. Is. Um, and I think if I if I'm right, I was looking just before we come on on Twitter. I think the meeting that he had of him announcing that he's leaving to the players has been leaked, and it's 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 awkward. It's a, it's an awkward like good see you later. But I, the way that Brian Kelly's character, this is no surprise. The way it's happened, um, and, and to be honest, I wouldn't say it's a necessarily a bad hire for LSU. You, we've seen what Kelly's done at Notre Dame. He's he's been. A, he's he's had an incredible record with Notre Dame and, and achieved what he has there, and and he will not necessarily have as many restrictions now at LSU with the, in terms of recruitment and the the general running of the club at uh, the the program. So I I completely understand his decision to go there, but I think that I'm I'm, I'm very unsurprised with the way that he's done it. Yeah, shocker. That's no way to leave a program at all, and they've got a week off as well. They don't obviously. They're not part of a conference, so they've got themselves a week off before their bowl game. Or, yeah. or I guess, I don't know whether they're playoff. Are they, are they they're six. still in with an opportunity of, yeah. uh, of making the playoffs, yeah. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah, some shock hires that I imagine there'll be ripples to come in the following weeks, Ash. Uh, yeah. From, from these three and, and other teams, which are now coachless. Let's, let's talk about some recruitments. I touched on it a little bit earlier. Oklahoma recruits are dropping like flies following our boy Lincoln Riley's departure to USC. Five-star and number three overall 2023 quarterback Malachi Nelson 
has flipped to USC with Riley. I'm taking this boy with me. That's unbelievable. It doesn't surprise me, though, with Riley's predication on quarterbacks and what he's produced over the last couple of years. Oklahoma has also lost Malachi Mackay Lemon, Trayon Webb and Brandon Inisis, all 2023 four-star recruits, along with four-star Derek Moore and Kobe McKinsey from their 2022 class. That was a long paragraph, Ash. Basically, yeah. there's a lot of talent stepped out the door with Riley or because yeah. of Riley's departure. Yeah, and to be honest, this, there's no surprise. I can imagine most, if not all, of the recruits that have gone to Oklahoma have gone to Oklahoma because of Riley, especially the quarterback. Malachi Nelson should be no surprise that he's leaving the way that, that Riley manages his, his quarterbacks. And this should be this was expected. Uh, such a massive shock to the system of, of Oklahoma losing Riley and then losing Riley to a rival college football team, the the recruits are going to have a have a change of heart quite quickly on that because Riley is a player's coach. He is a, a player manager more more than anything. So, yeah, and I, I can see more I can see more decommits from Oklahoma before before the week's out. So we just need to continue to to, to watch this space, but. The rebuild is going to certainly be on for whoever they uh, whoever they bring in, but they've yeah. got the pieces there. I mean, I'm seeing Marvin Mims, the wide receiver, is another one who is potentially going to be entering the transfer portal. So, yeah, they 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 could be in real dire straits in a couple of weeks' time. Would it see you surprise you to see Marvin Mims replace Drake London at USC? Not at all. No, not at all. No, not at all. If he's if there's if there's rumours of him entering the transfer portal. I would not be surprised to see him uh, step into USC next year. Question. If Spencer Rattler wasn't put war this year and we hadn't seen uh, Williams, would would he have entered the transfer portal to go with to go with Lincoln Riley had we not have seen him this year? Yeah, I would. Yeah, definitely. If if, if he was if he wasn't going to the NFL and if if Williams if he hadn't have. Uh, had his fall from grace like he did to be benched and uh, by Riley and everything. Yeah, I would be very, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him follow suit. Mental, mental. And then finally, five-star 2022 wide receiver Evan Stewart has committed to Texas A&M and becomes the second five-star recruit to commit to the Aggies following number one overall Walter Nolan after he committed to the program as well. Ash, Walter Nolan, I'm assuming he's some sort of defensive end or offensive tackle. Uh, yeah, what, well, yeah, uh, wow, my mind's gone blank. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, sorry, it's def- yeah, defensive tackle. Right. Yeah, um, I, thought, he, I thought he was. Yeah, he was the he was the number two until Quinn Ewers obviously declared earlier, went to Ohio State a year earlier, which made him the de facto number one of the 2022 class. But yeah, sorry, Nolan, Nolan's defensive tackle, um, exceptional talent, and uh. Uh, so is Evan Smith. Uh, so is Evan Stewart, and he's a Texas native. So I think it's it's no surprise to see him commit to Texas A and M. I think yep. they were they were always the favourites, and and it's a great pickup for them um, and and Jimbo Fisher definitely. Right, Rush Nation, you will be pleased to know that all twenty five teams have made it into this week's <laughs> college football list here at Five Yard College after. Ash attempted to jump into the document mid-train ride and fix his error from last <laughs> week. We started at 17 this week. You will be pleased, as I said, to know we're going to be starting at 25. And it is with Texas A&M. Ash, I've started. I'm going to go first. I'm taking okay. the first five. At it. 25, Texas A&M. The Aggies, uh, they were last 15th last week with an 8-4 and four record. 
Louisiana, 11 and 1. They are in this week, Ash, I believe. Yeah, they're in. Yeah. They're up to 24. Another team that's in at 23 is Kentucky after their big win against Louisville. 22, Arkansas. They're 8 and 4. They were 25 last week, so up three places. And then finally, we've got Houston, who are also up from 24 to 21 with an 11 and 1 record. Houston are absolutely balling right now and have got a great game this weekend against SMU. Yeah, that that SMU Houston game is going to be yeah going to be a, going to be a lot of fun to uh, a lot of fun to watch. No, um, Cincinnati, it's not Cincinnati Houston, isn't it? Yeah, SMU. sorry, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Since, but regardless, it's going to be it's going to be an incredible game to watch. One because of Cincinnati still being undefeated and still pushing for the playoffs, and and obviously they're Houston hot on their tail for uh, and, and deciding the deciding the title game. Yeah. I think. Uh, the, the drop from 15 for Texas A&M is probably not surprising considering they lost to LSU. It was a close sport game, but LSU are not the team that they, that they were a couple of years ago and have been, as I say, they're, they're, a, they're a six and six team. So they're probably a little bit lucky to have held on to their, um, their 25 altogether with an eight and four record. Yes. You've got Arkansas there at 22 with an eight and four record, but Arkansas have taken, out a couple of big te- big teams, including Texas A and M, so I, I think A and M could probably feel quite quite lucky to still be there. Yep, agreed. Excuse me. Right on to number twenty though, and Clemson are continuing to climb. <laughs> probably won't see them climb up much more though, to be honest with you. But this week they ta- they are at number twenty. They've come up from twenty three from last week, and they sit at nine and three after they beat South Carolina, and I think they shut them out. F- I think they shut them out, didn't they? 30 to 0. Yeah. They did, yeah. So yeah, Clemson 30, 30 to 0 win and that, that season got up to 20. San Diego State are at 11 uh, 11 and 1 record, have gone up from 21 to 19. NC State are at 18 with a 9 and 3 record. Utah move up two spaces to 17. Wake Forest move up two spaces also to number 16. And Pitt move up two spaces to 15 from 17 last week, but 10 and 2. Uh, did one extra there. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, <fair enough. laughs> but no, um, again, I don't, there's there's no real surprises here. Uh, mm. we, we said it a couple of weeks ago. I think the 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 core of the 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 rankings are pretty decided now. We'll, we'll see one or two teams probably drop out again this week, depending on how the uh how the bowl games go. But I think there's no real arguments with anyone who sat here, to be honest with you. I think San Diego State may be the only ones you can feel a little bit hard done by, but they have got that loss on their schedule. They are not a Power 5 team, so their their schedule strength is not the best anyway. So maybe, I think 19 is probably a, fl- a fair reflection for them. Oh, Of those 10 teams we've talked about, Ash, do you think any of them should be replaced by UTSA? Obviously, they lost last week and their schedule has been a cupcake. Yeah. But they've only they've only lost once. I mean, we've got a nine and three Kentucky, an eight and four Arkansas team, even a, a all right Clemson are now nine and three, but they they've been fairly poor. A and M, you know, they could easily have dropped out, and UTSA could be there at twenty five. Am I am I off base here? No, no, I'd agree with you. I think UTSA, yeah, they dropped out this week. Um, they could probably yeah they they could probably feel hard done by. To be honest with you, like you say, I think in particular Texas A and M, Kentucky jumping in and out of the rankings. Arkansas, yes, they 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 are in here because of the games that they have won, despite having four losses. Um, 
uh, yeah, maybe even Clemson. They, they've just they've even though they've started winning, they're still not looking overly impressive. So I think UTSA can probably feel a bit hard done by. But as you say, their schedule has been a walk in the park, and, and unfortunately, they have picked up a loss. So we might we might well see them back in, depending on on some of the results off the weekend. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them back in and a couple of these teams out. So yeah, they've got a chance because they're they're fighting for a championship game. So yeah. They could well get back in at uh, that. I'm sorry, Ash threw me there. At 18? 18? 14. 14. See, threw yeah. me that far. Oh, no. At 14, we have the Oklahoma Sooners drop down from 10 last week. At 13, Iowa are up three from 16. Then BYU, who are just perennially around the 10 to 14 mark there at 12, up one space from last week. And then Michigan State at 11, up one spot. From last week being at 12. Yeah. It's pretty much, as you say, Ash, business as usual at this point. Obviously, Oklahoma may have been higher, but they lost in Bedlam. Yeah. To be honest, uh, I'm surprised they didn't drop lower. Um, I think just because of how close the game finished up, and we'll get on to Oklahoma State later. Uh, it was it was a great game. I've, I've managed to catch the highlights and, and get up to speed with it, but from for all intents and purposes, it was, a, it was a fantastic game. But I was surprised to see them at 14 um, with, their, with their second loss. But I suppose when you look at the teams below them, there's not many that you would that you would, that you would really put above them. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's, there's no real shocks here. Iowa slowly climbing themselves back up the rankings after their jumping out of the gate start to the year and then the <laughs> I mean, shocking, we... shocking middle of the season. And we, we sat here, Ash, early yeah. in the season and said, Iowa at two. All they've got to do is cruise to the end of the season. Yeah. And they're in the playoffs. And lock in, lock, oh. lock, almost a lock-in for the playoffs. Yeah, then they they absolutely, they yeah, they um, they just dropped into the abyss and they're slowly climbing their way back up. And another team, I mean, we'll get onto it later, but if they win, they they'll shoot they'll shoot right back up there. So, yeah, Michigan State again maybe can still feel a bit hard done by being where they are in the rankings, considering the teams above them that have lost and who they've lost to. But yeah, no no real arguments to be honest with you. Yeah, the, the curse, the five yard college curse is real because we talked about Iowa <laughs> and they bombed off, and then we talked yeah. about Wake and they bombed off, and there was someone else that we talked about and and they dropped away. The only team not to have not to have been cursed by us is, is your beloved Cincinnati Ash. Maybe, mm. maybe that's the uh, rune stone at the. That'll be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that'll be this. That'll be this week's one now. Oh you no! Watch, you just watch it, yeah. But uh, we should probably move into the top ten, and just on the cusp of the top ten, at number ten is Oregon. They've moved up one. Baylor have dropped the place. Actually, in fact, Baylor and Ole Miss have have done a switcheroo. So Baylor are now at nine with a 10 and two record and Ole Miss are at eight with a 10 and two record. Ohio state have dropped from two down to number seven after their loss to Michigan this weekend. And at number six, the head coachless Notre Dame remain at number six. They have not moved. Yeah. No, they're not having a championship game this weekend is, is potentially damaging for their playoff chances. Right. I think it could be, yeah. Um, they ended the year with a solid win against Stanford, but I think 45-14 or, or something along those sort of lines. So they ended it in style. They will have a bowl game. They, they'll definitely be going to the bowl game. They'll be hoping they're in the they're in the New Year's six. Um, and they'll have a chance to because 
they're one of the teams not playing and everybody else around them will be playing. Well, I think everybody around them will be playing this weekend. Oh, Ohio won't be playing this weekend. Uh, Ole Miss, I don't think, have a game this weekend either. They're not in the title game, are they? No. No? No. <laughs> no of course they're not. No. It's George, it's George Alabama. Of course they're not in it. Um, so, yeah. The, uh, Ohio and Ole Miss aren't playing, but then there's a number of teams below them that if they can win their championship games could potentially jump straight above them. So they're in a bit of a precarious situation. They're not playing. They've had uh, they've had some decent wins, um, but they've also had some wins that have not looked so flattering to them that, that could potentially bite them when it comes to the final standings, which will obviously be next week. Uh, but unsurprising to see them at six and, and not moving. And there's yep. been reports that Brian Kelly leaving – could also have a big impact on their on their playoff and their 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 um, New Year's Six standings, which I find really? quite strange. Yeah, I was reading. I can't remember where I saw it, but there's been a few reports and a few articles saying that Brian Kelly deciding to leave for LSU at this time could have an impact on their on their New Year's Six bowls with a committee. So I don't know. I, I don't know why that would be. I've not read the f- article fully. I've just seen bits and pieces of it, but. I'm going to have to go away after this and, and, and read it up for fun yeah. and find out the reasons why. I'm sure there's particular reasons why they think it will have an impact. But I have no issues uh, with Ohio State drop and where they've done. They're, the two losses that they've taken this year, of course, obviously Michigan last week and, and Oregon right early in the season have been to top 10. And at the times top, I think Oregon were... I can't remember where Oregon were when they beat us, but they've taken two high-profile losses, but they've also picked up some big, big wins. So I'm not surprised to still see them in the top 10. As I said earlier, with no title game this weekend, they're going to probably just have to settle for a, for a bowl game. They still have a chance to get into the playoffs. like uh, the Sorry, not the playoffs, the, the New Year's Six. They're, they've yep. still got a chance of getting five or six, depending on what happens around them. But I find it very unlikely that's going to happen now. Notre Dame still have a chance because if mm. if Bama lose to Georgia, uh, I just don't see how a two-loss Bama can I be, agree. Can, especially if Cincinnati absolutely smash Houston, they'll find because... a way. the The committee will find a way to keep Bama in it if they if they have two losses. <laughs> I just oh, if was, uh, so, do you want to do a top five and then I'll and I'll say what. I want to say. Okay, yeah, fine. Oklahoma State at five. They're up from seven last week. Then Cincinnati remain at four, considering they are only the second unbeaten team now at 12 and 0. Bama above them after their 14th overtime win against Auburn <laughs> last week in the Iron Bowl, which was awful. Auburn should have gone, should have tried to win that in the first overtime at their first. Should have gone for two to put the game in bed because if Bama were going to win it anyway, why not give yourself a shot? But anyway, that's out the window. Alabama squeaked past Auburn, stay at three. Michigan are up from five to two after their walloping of Ohio State. And then finally, still at one, Georgia. And they beat Georgia Tech something like 9,003 to zero. So it was, uh, yeah. I think it was like 45 nothing, something along those lines. Yeah, I think they 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 did they shut them out, didn't they? They did, yeah. That's back to back weeks now. I think they've shut teams out. So yeah, just scary, 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 scary. Yeah, and obviously you mentioned Baba just what, fourth overtime, yeah. past the six and six Auburn, and as I say, I think the the committee are going to do all they can to keep them in there. I think the only way that they don't stay in there is I think even if they lose to Georgia, and everybody else around them around them wins, they'll stay in. 
Uh, I think the only way it's going to happen is if they get absolutely demolished by Georgia and Oklahoma State win comfortably and Cincinnati win comfortably and Michigan win comfortably. Uh, just I can't see them not including Bama in there. It, it's going to be very weird if they don't. And, I, and to be honest, I think out of the four teams that are in here now, they're probably the most at risk. Let, it, it, let, let's be honest. I think they're coming up against a team like Georgia that I just don't think anybody can stop. The The scoreline could be anything, but then at the, at the same time, it's still Bama. They, they, we know what they can do regardless of how they're... I mean, regardless of who's in front of them. It's going to be... A, it's probably going to be one of the games of the weekend, let's be honest with you. But I think Oklahoma State have got a massive opportunity. They probably got the most to gain uh, on this weekend. But because if they win... And Bama do lose. They're probably in with the biggest shot of getting in there. Uh, let's be honest with you. And then obviously, of course, you've got, to, you've got to take into account Cincinnati. They still have to get through their title game. And it's probably going to be their hardest. Well, it's probably going to be their hardest game of the season, considering it's a title game and it's up against Houston that we mentioned earlier. So this disc could look drastically different from, from one to six next week. Yeah. drastically different with with the teams that are coming up against each other yeah it's it, it it could be absolute carnage this weekend for in regards to the rankings we it's going to be one hell of a weekend i'm very very excited for it talking of that weekend ash let's talk about it it's conference championship weekend we've got yeah. one two three four five six seven eight nine ten so if you are not used to anybody other than the power five we have five group of five championships <laughs> for you which is a, a learning curve for me i know that for a fact ash right let's start with the acc we've got yeah. pittsburgh at wake forest 15th and 16th currently in the rankings not a clemson in sight due to last week's north carolina state winning and wake winning Clemson were locked out for the first time since, well, I, I can't remember when. This this has all the hallmarks of an absolute fire fest, Ash. Yeah, I think so. It's going to be a very exciting game. And it's just so weird not to see Clemson in, a, in, an, <laughs> in an ACC title game, isn't it? I mean, but all credit has to go to Wake Forest and Pittsburgh. They've had, they've had respectively incredible seasons and, and deservedly are at this, uh, are at this title game. Um, I mean... If I had to, if I had to put my money on someone, I'm probably still going to go Wake Forest. I think as a whole, their roster just has that little bit extra in their offense and their defense. I think their their offense has enough to get past this pit defense that's looked very impressive at times this year, and I think their defense is is more than got enough to uh, to handle um, the pit offense. Who, uh, I mean, the yeah, I think their their offense their offense is. I think Pitt's offense has been impressive at times, but they've relied they've relied quite heavily on the on the arm of Kenny Pickett, who yeah. has had an incredible year and is a Heisman contender for a reason and and one of those guys that's shooting up the board. But if Wake Forest defense can can shut him and quiet him down, you can imagine this is probably going to be a, a I wouldn't say a comfortable but a relatively comfortable victory for Wake Forest. Yeah, for me this is. A speed of play thing for Wake and why I'm picking Wake. Wake plays so fast, yeah, and are, are so good. They can they can do everything on offense. You know, they're not just a primary throw or run team. They they do both things well. And just the um, the speed at which they run plays, I think they will out endure Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh the offense is good. 
I just don't know whether they can keep up with the speed of play of Wake. And we've seen it week in, week out. Pitt can score 45 points, easy money. So Pittsburgh defense, as you say, has been good, not elite, as we've seen from past few years. And I just think they can't hang with Pitt. Um, Wake, sorry, for 60 minutes. I think Wake will win this one. And I don't know what yeah. the over-under is, but I think it could be quite high. So a good one there. 72.5, I think. Well, there you go. That's yeah. that's a good number. I like it. Yeah. I, that's a good, good number because I'm not sure the over is going to be a lot. But if it does, I think it could sweep up, sweep over. So Big Ten, Ash. Michigan yeah. versus Ohio. Like <laughs> No, I even put the two no, teams not. together. It was, <laughs> Michigan are playing Iowa. Yeah, that game is still fresh in my mind from last weekend. Yeah, this surely Michigan have got enough in this game. The Iowa defense has not been as good of late as it was at the beginning of the season when we crowned them playoff bound. No. Michigan have are just steamrolling teams right now, and surely that's enough. They are literally steamrolling teams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean. Cade McNamara is not really out to do anything at times. I think we didn't mention it earlier, but in the Ohio State game, I think he only threw for 19 attempts and three three attempts in the third, in the second half. Full stop. It's just all been done by Haskins, and I think Blake Corum is is due back this week as well. He played. He played last week. Did he play think, last week? Yeah, he yeah. he had no. Um... He had no receptions, and I think he only he only had 10 rushing attempts. So I think he was yeah. probably on a pitch count. Yeah, I expect so. But I mean, he looks to be well on, uh, well on his way to being being back full strength. And if they've got both of them, I think they've combined together for over two thousand rushing yards, and well over two thousand rushing yards, and nearly thirty touchdowns between them, just on the ground. Iowa's defense is good, and it has looked good. It's it's been improving from the from the the dip they had in, in, in mid-season. They were dominant start of the season. They had their dip and they're starting to get back to those ways. But I think Michigan will just gr- will grind them into the dog. They'll, they'll ground and pound them all day. And I just don't think Iowa's defence are going to have enough to handle that. And on the flip side, Spencer Petras is suspect at times and he's going to be coming up against the Big Ten Defence Player of the Year, Aiden Hutchinson. So I'm... I, as much as I would love Iowa to win this game, I don't want to see Michigan in the playoffs. Of course, I that would be that would be worse than Ohio Ohio missing out on the playoffs is seeing Michigan in them. So I would love Iowa to win, but I just think they've got far too much in the ground game on offense, and I think Aiden Hutchinson and Co are just going to dominate Petrus and that Iowa um, offensive line. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a bit of a spoiler out here if if Iowa do get beat and get sacked a lot by Michigan, when the boys send me their weekly reviews, I have to add a title, and my title for the Big Ten next week will be Spencer Petrified, as that's going to be my title. If anyone steals that, you're you're welcome. They're both. I mean, to be fair, they're both they're both very good defenses. Uh, they, I think they both both right in the top 20 nationally on their defenses. So don't be surprised to see this a low scoring affair, despite <laughs> the, uh, despite the weapons that, that yeah. Michigan have got in their run game. This I could be imagine. like a, a, a really comfortable 10, three win Michigan. <laughs> oh, it could well be. It really could well be. I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like that. I'd say more, maybe more like 20, 24, 10 or something like that. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see it, to see it a very a low scoring defensive affair. 
Right, let's move on. The Pac-12, we've got number 10, Oregon, at number 17, Utah. And let's do the SEC now. Now we've... Yeah. No, I'm joking, George. Sorry, mate. Uh, we, well, we've got you. Oregon are playing Utah again. Yeah. Do we think this is going to be a repeat of the Utah drubbing of Oregon a couple of weeks back? Mm, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be... I mean, Oregon are going to come out swinging, aren't they? But I think... I don't know. Utah, since... Since it all since it all happened early in the year with all the issues that they've they've had behind the scenes and and whatnot, they, they've just looked like a, such an impressive team even when they've lost. And Oregon just at times, Anthony Brown and Co just look blah on the offense, don't they? And it just depends on what Oregon offense turn up. If Anthony Brown isn't feeling it on the day. They haven't really got anything else there. Let's be completely honest with you. Obviously, um, Travis Dye, the running back, has at times looked impressive, but they've lost. Who was their running back? Who was their main running back that got injured early in the season? CJ Vidal. Yeah, CJ Vidal. Since he's gone down, they've just lost a lot of their identity. And I just, I do, I do see Utah winning this one again. I don't think it's going to be as comfortable as the thirty-eight-seven uh, a couple of weeks ago, but I think push comes to shove. Utah have got enough on their offense and and definitely on their defense to 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 put this game to bed and uh, and come away with the Pac-12 title but on the flip side when Oregon get to title games they showed it last year they they shouldn't have been there last year but by chance with Washington weren't able to to play and and obviously Oregon got in and they came mm-hmm. away Pac-12 winners when when it gets down to the real nitty-gritty and the title's on the line Oregon do turn up so i think it's going to be a very interesting game I'm not going to get up to watch it because it's a silly clock in the morning, but I don't blame Jordan for doing so because I think it will be a fun game to watch. But yeah, I think if I had to put money on it, I'm still going to go for Utah. I think that I think I I I I believe they can get the back to back up this year over Oregon. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, it's SET time. We've got number one ranked Georgia against a shaky number three Alabama. I'm sorry, Jake. This is a Bulldogs win all day for me. I just can't see Alabama being able to score enough to beat Georgia. Yeah, I know. I mean, Bryce Young's the favourite for the Heisman for for a reason. He's had a phenomenal year. I think he's already hit forty touchdowns and has only thrown two, no, three, three interceptions, three or four interceptions, something like that. So, but just this Georgia defense is scary. It's mm. so scary. I don't think it matters who goes in front of him. <laughs> they aren't going to be phased. I think they're already coming out and they're saying, look, game plan's simple. We do what we've done all year. We stop people scoring and we're going to do it again against Alabama. And to be honest, I fully believe them. Yeah. I fully, I fully believe that they can do it, even against Bryce Young and co. I just think if they shut Bryce Young down or if they slow Bryce Young down, that's it, game over. I think that's, that's that's all they've got to do. They've only got yeah. to slow him down. They don't even have to shut him down. No, exactly. I think because I think Georgia's offense have got enough about them to score on this Bama defense. I think the Bama defense this year has not looked as good as it has done in the past, despite them having oh, I can't remember his name, linebacker, one of the top guys of this draft. Um, it's going to really annoy me that I can't remember his name now. No, I can't uh, help you, mate. <laughs> I'm going to have to have a look now. It's really annoying me that I no, can't remember his fine. name. But yeah, I think outside of outside of the one or two guys they've got on their defense, they've just not looked. They've just not looked. Not looked the way that Bama usually do on defense. Um, so I, I mean, 
can't see anything but a Georgia win and a comfortable Georgia win. Yeah. To be honest with you, I, I think you. I wonder if perhaps this is the year that Georgia. I mean, they're giving up what just seven points a game on average. Something stupid yes, like yes. that. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and I think that I wouldn't be surprised if that's got even better considering they haven't given up a touchdown in the last two weeks. Yeah. And and you, you look at the way Stetson Bennett is throwing the football right now, he's just it's on a dime. The guy's throwing pretty spirals that are just laser. And I yeah. think the, the Bama defense at the secondary has looked suspect to be passed on. And that's all Stetson Bennett needs to do because of how their defense controls the clock. They don't some teams control the clock with a run game. And Georgia have a good run game, but they control the clock with their defense, which is supplemented by the run game. And then all yeah. Bennett needs to do is just sling it about when needed. It's not, it's the perfect recipe for somebody who isn't mobile like Stetson Bennett. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Christian, Christian Harris is the linebacker that I couldn't remember his name. Wouldn't have guessed that. I couldn't <sighs> no, have even... I, I shouldn't have forgot it because I was. I was looking at I was looking at his video the other day. <laughs> Spoiler alert! I'm already starting to look at tape for the 2022 draft. But yeah, just his his name completely left my mind. So yeah, no, no spoiler alert here, Rush Nation. I only do offensive players in the draft. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good mix though because I mainly do defensive. Well, there so you go. It's a nice it's a nice mix. There you go. Oh, by the way, oh no, what's his name? I'm I'm going to put a pin in that. I won't spoil it by saying something <laughs> about somebody's name. I can't remember. Okay. okay. Next up, Big 12, Oklahoma State, no, who yeah. are number five against number nine, Baylor. Mm. This, this could be a good game. I don't I don't know whether Baylor have got enough to take on that Oklahoma State defence right now is my only, only concern. Yeah, I think... I mean, it was a very tight affair when these two met earlier in the season, wasn't it? It was... Mm. Uh, I don't know. I think you're probably right. Um, I think it's going to take a lot to beat this Oklahoma State defense. And yeah. Bohannon's had good spurts at times. That is he Baylor. fit? That's the thing. He didn't yeah, play last exactly. Week. He didn't play last week. So if he's not on the field, their their odds drop even more dramatically. But when he is on the field, he is suspect at times, and they've had to rely more and more on their run game uh, with Smith and Ebner. I don't know. I can't look past Oklahoma State no. just because of their defense. Um, Sanders, the quarterback, gets it done when he needs to. But he's but flaky all, at the same time. He is flaky at the same time. But I, I just think Oklahoma State's defense are too good for Baylor. Yeah, agreed. And everything is on for Oklahoma State this weekend. If they can beat number nine Baylor, one of those teams above them have to lose. And one of those teams above them will lose. If it's Georgia... Georgia ain't leaves leaving the playoffs. They're they're going to drop to four, maybe. There's no way that if, even if Bama I, beat Georgia, that, that, that I, I Georgia are dropping out of the playoffs. I can't do it. I can't even if Georgia lose and if they drop from number one with a one. How do you how do you drop Georgia from one with a one loss? Yeah, given how they played for the rest of the year. Yeah, you don't. I I wouldn't be surprised if they lose to still see Bama go one and Georgia two. But there's no that, way. That that that's the only that's the only way a team above them loses and they don't get into the playoff. Oklahoma State that is. If Bama lose, I and, and Oklahoma win. I, I I generally see Oklahoma going above Bama. Definitely, if Cincinnati lose, Oklahoma State are going above them. And to be honest, I suspect if if Cincinnati lose to Houston, which we'll get onto shortly, I wouldn't be surprised to see Cincinnati finish in six and both Oklahoma State and Notre Dame go above them. 
wouldn't see. I wouldn't be shocked at all. I think that uh, Cincinnati are that team, despite the fact they're undefeated, that are in the most peril when it comes to their terms to their playoff rankings. So, yeah. you, you Oklahoma def- State are obviously needing his help, but at the same time, a dominant Big Twelve title game could still be enough, depending on what happens around them. Yeah, I mean. I, uh... Cincinnati could fall a long way down because of their strengths of schedule. And the only thing that's probably keeping them where they are, regardless of their record, is how well Notre Dame are playing at the moment. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens if they do lose ranking-wise. But for them, just the same as Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State have to go out and win and, and probably win big to get a playoff push. And Cincinnati have to do exactly the same thing. They are hanging on tooth and nail to that number four spot. And they are in the AAC championship game against Houston, as we've mentioned. This is going to be. I think this could be an absolute brilliant game of football to watch, just because of how well Houston are playing. But not only that, Cincinnati played well last week. They played well the week before, after having a couple of down weeks, and they know now that, that everything they do is what's giving them their positioning. So this could be a barnstormer. Yeah, I think the game itself could be incredible. And just going back to the playoffs, uh, one thing I, I made a note of, but I didn't mention it a second ago when we were talking about Oklahoma State. Even if both Oklahoma State and Cincinnati both win this weekend, it's still going to be a very interesting decision for the committee because of the strength of schedule that we spoke about for Cincinnati. Oklahoma, if they beat Baylor, Oklahoma State beat Baylor, they've got three top 15 wins this year. So even if Cincinnati win and go undefeated, there is still that decision to be made. And I would not be surprised to see Oklahoma State go above an undefeated Cincinnati team. I would think that it, it would be a travesty if they did because, I mean, Cincinnati have looked great pretty much all year. They've had a couple of couple of times where they've been a bit iffy, but they've still got the results. And mm. they're, they're, they're Desmond Ritter and uh, Jerome Ford, uh, those, two, those two on the offense have looked incredible. I think this is going to be one of the games of the weekends because both of these teams have looked incredibly impressive this year. And... Both of them have got fantastic offences and uh, Cincinnati got the better, I don't know, have they? I was about to say Cincinnati got the better defence, but I don't I don't actually know if they do. I think Houston and I think they could be very even on defence. So I think it could be decided on the offence. And if that is the case, I fully believe Ridder and, and Ford in particular have, have enough to, uh, to, 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 to oversee Houston. Despite Houston, I think Houston are top 10 in terms of points allowed this year. Points on allowed. Uh, sorry, points. Sorry, points. points um, scored. No. Um, yeah, points. <laughs> on the defensive side, they're 10th right. in points allowed. So, in ter- like... In so, like, stingy AF is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, you've got Georgia who don't give up anything, and then you've got Houston who are not far below them. But that's quite a big gap on on those actual points allowed <laughs> from, from Georgia and anybody else. But, yeah, I just... I, I think... I think Cincinnati have maybe got a bit too much on the offense to uh, for for um, for Houston, but it's going to yeah. be it's going to be an incredible game. Two two highly ranked teams, two high highly ranked offenses and defenses should and, be a, should be a really entertaining game. And this this is also Spence um, Desmond Ridder's huge moment in the spotlight for his it draft stock. This is, yeah, this is huge. But obviously, if they get into the playoffs. Uh, if they get into the playoffs, there's 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 real shout for him to be the number one quarterback. I, I, I'm I've been touting him last year before we found out that he wasn't declaring that he was a sleeper, high high rate quarterback, and 
him and Carson Strong, who I mentioned before, are my two favourite quarterbacks in the 2022 class. Even before everything happened with Rattler, I was I was a big fan of both Ritter and and Strong. And I think if Ritter can guide this team to the playoffs, regardless, I mean, if they get to the playoffs, they're probably going to be at four, and they're going to probably play Bama. Uh, sorry, Georgia. Uh, you then just have to go. Well, okay, see you later. <laughs> but Ritter guides this team, this Power Five team, undefeated to the playoffs. His draft stock's just going to go whew, even yeah. higher than it already is. And as I say, don't be surprised if he's in contention for the number one quarterback in the draft class. Yeah. Hello, Denver, is all I'm saying. <laughs> okay, right. Now we've got the Central USA, Ash. See you Conference. Conference, Conference USA. USA. Yeah. Nation. I'm still as new to this as you are, and I'm learning every day. <laughs> so we've got UTSA versus Western Kentucky. Yeah. UTSA, after their loss last week, are going to want to try and win this one, right? Yeah, definitely. And to be honest with you, I think they probably should. Western Kentucky have had a pretty impressive year themselves. I think eight and four overall, and seven and one in the on the season. Ba- uh, Bailey Zap, Bailey Zap, their quarterback is is looked is looked impressive at times. But they came up against ooh, voice crack. They came up against UTSA earlier in the year, and that was a that was quite a, a, an interesting and competitive game. UTSA won fifty two forty six, but it was a back and forth game and. I do fully believe that Frank Harris and co Frank Harris is the quarterback for UTSA have more than enough to see over, um, to see over Western Kentucky on the day, but I don't think it's going to be as simple as some people might expect. Um, but yeah, Frank Harris, um, sincere McCormick, I think is the running back for, um, for UTSA. Yep. I think that those two, those two together. Yeah. I wouldn't be, it's going to be very surprising if um, if you if UTSA don't come away the winners of this one, despite the loss last week. Yeah, absolutely. If you want a game to go and watch from last week, go and watch Western Kentucky's game last week because they doubt got down early in a in a surprising situation, but came back mm. and won in, in a good way. So go and watch Bailey's app there because he, yeah. he had a good game. Fine, right? Let's move on to the MAC: Northern Illinois versus Kent State. Ash. Yeah. I don't have a great deal on this one, unfortunately. <laughs> I'll be completely honest with you. Um, no disrespect to either teams. I think the the Mac the Mac conference is 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 a fun conference to watch when you get to watch. Obviously, it's the midweek it's the midweek conference, so not many uh, not many people. It it sort of gets forgotten about sometimes, but obviously because it's the title games, it is on the weekend, so they're in the spotlight. I, I, it's got to be Northern Illinois. They they've they've both got a similar record this year. They've both had their ups and downs, but. I can't really look past Illinois. Rocky Lombardi, some people may know him from last year being at um, Michigan State. He's looked he's, he's looked <laughs> good at times. Better than, better than he did um, at Michigan State, let's just say that. And and I think he he I think they've got enough on their offense to uh to to see off Kent State. And I'd probably say quite comfortably. Did that I think they played earlier in the year. If I'm was that yes, they did. It was uh, to be fair, actually, they played a few weeks uh, early November, a fifty-two forty-seven win uh, loss. Actually, Kent State beat them, so mm, maybe not as uh, yeah. But I still, I still think on the day, Northern Illinois are going to have enough to uh, to see off Dustin Crum and Co. Okay, let's move to the Mountain West. We've got number nineteen, San Diego State, going up against the Utah State Aggies. I've yeah. got a, a friend over who is a massive Aggies fan, Trevor. And he's a, he, he just can't get the time off work to travel down to, to see that game. So 
He goes to every single Utah sporting event there ever was. Every time I see him on Facebook, he's at a basketball game or an ice hockey game or a football game or baseball game. He's just college, high school football. This guy just takes his two young boys. He's got a boy who's about a year and a four-year-old. And they're just at every sport. I mean, absolute dream for them boys. I, I've got nothing on this, Ash, apart from I know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think if you were to look at this game a couple of weeks ago, you'd say quite comfortably San Diego State. Uh, but they've got an, an interesting um, situation in the quarterback. Um, their main quarterback, Lucas Johnson, was was struggling. He got replaced by Jordan Brookside. Sorry, um, Lucas Johnson was struggling and he also got hurt and they've now got Jordan Brookside. Uh, and he didn't look he hasn't looked great originally brookside was a starting quarterback he lost it to johnson and now obviously roles are reversed so we don't know who we're going to see as a starting quarterback on on game day i think if johnson's fit he probably he will he will get the starting he will get the starting job but it's if he's fit and if he is fit enough if he does start so it's probably not going to be as resounding as some people may think and utah state have looked have looked impressive under blake anderson this is his first his first season with them and they have uh, at times looked impressive, but I, just, I can't see past San Diego State. I think they've been they've been relatively comfortable in the Mountain West this year, and I think they're probably going to finish off the year as a right team with the uh, with the Mountain West title. And finally, the Sun Belt, yeah, twenty fourth ranked Louisiana Raging Cajuns are taking on App State in what should be a decent game of football. Yeah, Billy Napier's final game in charge, so. He's going to want to send this one. He's off. going to want, yeah. He's going to want to. Um, he's going to want to end his time uh, as Louisiana head coach with a with a bang. Um, and of course, they finished. I think they finished top of the Sun Belt last year, but the the tight the the title game last year got cancelled because of COVID. So they're going to uh, they're going to want to win the title this year. And mm-hmm. again. Uh, as much as I like App State and Cameron Peoples, they're running back who's been banged up a lot this year. But if he's fit, he's going to be a dangerous um, opposition. And, and App State have, have, have pulled off some impressive victories this year. I think with it being Billy Napier's final game in charge, they've got Levi Lewis and under centre. I just, I, I, I personally think that Louisiana, this is Louisiana's game to lose. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I'd be very surprised. I can't. I can't really. I can't see it happening. I think they're going to have enough to see off App State um, come the final whistle. But it's going to be a close game. I think. I think the over under. Yeah, over under is fifty three. So, yeah, I don't know. I would probably back the under on that one. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. I, I know both of them have got pretty good offenses, but I think they might shut. I think they might cancel each other out on the defense. So, yeah. I I see a low scoring affair but i think billy napier is going to uh, sign off his louisiana career with a uh with a sunbelt title yep fully fully agree that's it rush nation we've covered over your conference championship weekend all i can say about that is watch as much football as you can because it's going to be an absolute belter of a weekend in college football ash i'm so pleased you're back mate i'm so pleased you're you're not feeling 100 percent, but i appreciate you as always my man thank you for jumping back in no, I was always, I was always going to be back for the conference, conference title games. Despite the fact of what happened on the weekend, there was, uh, I was, I was debating, messaging you and saying, "Nah, you're all right, actually, I don't, I don't want to talk about Ohio State this week." <laughs> but no, fun as well, always. We- enjoyed it. Glad to be back.
I, we, you know, we could have made an exception. We could have swerved the whole chat if it meant you stayed on. That would have been a fine <laughs> thing, as always. You know, just, I don't think people would have been happy with that. <laughs> uh, I would have just got Jack on. I would have got another Buckeyes fan that I know to come on and commiserate that way. So yeah, no. that would all bases would have been covered. We would have talked about the Buckeyes loss, but we won't mention it again. Ash, listen, man, looking forward to this week's football. I'm sure we will chat anyway. Rush Nation, head over to the website, check out the boys' articles, fiveyardrush.co.uk absolutely buzzing with college stuff ash and i have got some huge stuff in the pipeline for you in the off season so can't wait to dive into that which isn't that far away considering this is now championship weekend that's been ash i'm stocks your five yard rush showdown champion it's all i'm gonna say on the matter rush nation saturdays are for rushing too HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.